again with another episode of the Babysitter's Book Club, and this time it's book 42, Jesse and the Inexplicable Pet Show, uh, a book that I found really crazy, really wild, a lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff going on, and I'm very excited to chat about it today with my guest, uh, Jennifer Condis. Jennifer, how are you? Good, but Jeremy, I think I have a different book than you do. Well, I just, I tried to throw a little joke there in the title. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm older. That's not good for my heart. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people react that way. And I always get a kick out of uh, seeing them uh, get a little jumpy when I say the wrong name. <laughs> yeah. I always dumpster. Okay. <laughs> yes. So Jennifer, you and I uh, know each other back from college in the Honors Humanities program that we were in. Um, and I'm so excited for this opportunity to sort of catch up with you and hear a little bit more about what you've been up to. Um, so maybe you could fill me and the listeners in at the same time. How have you been? What have you been up to uh, in the last 10 or so years? <laughs> sure. So I think I told you earlier that after that honors program, I went ahead and went straight through to get my master's uh, degree at UCI and our wonderful in instructor Alice Foz was my thesis advisor. And I just continue to work on my thesis on the Rockefellers and the Museum of Modern Art, specifically Abby Rockefeller. And it's been like my passion project and now it's turning into a book. So I have a lot of work still to do on it. I have thousands of pages to go through from the Archive Center in Terrytown, New York. But um, it's been, that honors class changed my life. Yeah, really that's did. so exciting that you're still working on that project. Yeah, I mean, it actually changed my life, that class, in a way I had. I mean, I was much older than you guys, like you could have been my children, but uh, it's funny how life works out, you know? Yeah, yeah, and so it's going to be a book, that's huge. It's huge, and it was funny because um, it's a long way from being published or anything like that, but I have to say, when I was doing my thesis with Alice and with you guys, and then when I went on to graduate school, still working on that same project, that so many notes came back to me where this would be a fantastic book. And I was like, Oh, are they kidding me? Do they say that to everybody? <laughs> you know, but um, you know, I think if you ever read my, I think you did, it did read kind of like a story. Yeah. We were in that same, I was just talking to Alyssa about this last week that we were all sort of in the same kind of peer group we were. Um, working on our project. So I do remember how, just how, how fun it was. And yeah, it does read like a story to your point. Was it as fun as yours? For sure. <laughs> like, so I remember yours. <laughs> Mine like is that. just very flashy, the survivor thing, but I think yours had more of the substance. <laughs> and it's still, it's still timely. It's still, that show is more timely than ever. It's hysterical. It's yeah. You're not checking out Survivor 41, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Maybe later. <laughs> later. Yeah. So thank you again so much for agreeing to uh, join me here for this nonsense. Um, uh, Jennifer, what was your background with the Babysitter's Club before I sent you this book? Had you ever read it or encountered it before, or was this brand new? This was brand new. So, you know, as I, well, again, I was born in 1964, and I was a Trixie Belgian. Do you even know who that is, that book series, Trixie Belgian? I See? do not. <laughs> okay, and then Nancy Drew, of course, and there's references, of course, to this in this book to Nancy Drew. But um, I had never heard of this before. So after I read it, I, you know, of course, did an internet search and saw that it's huge. And my girls also didn't know about this book. They never read this book. They were more of the Harry Potter, and more than the Harry Potter age. So, and they're almost 22. And then I went to Google further and found it's huge on Netflix. Right. It's a huge phenomenon. So thank you for, I mean, it's a, I, it's a big gap filled in my cultural, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
conversation with myself, but it's interesting. Yeah, I actually haven't checked out the Netflix series yet because I, I sort of feel like if I watch it, it will color my opinions of the books. So I'm trying to save it for a little bit later, but I know people love it and it's doing really well. Oh, it's, I mean, it's not just for, you know, kids. I mean, adults are obsessed with the show. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it myself on, like on a plane or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, this is good. We're going to get some fresh eyes then, uh, yeah, some fresh opinions sure. here on the Babysitter's Club. Um, and then I guess, what did you think of the book? Did you like it? Did you not like it? <laughs> it's so funny you say that because... Um, well, I thought it was a return to innocence, you know, this was before all of the social media, et cetera, et cetera. And the mother part of me, I was walking today when I was thinking about this, the mother part of me is like, Jesse, why don't you tell your parents about the scary notes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I thought to myself, well, no, because when I was reading Nancy Drew, I had the whole collection of Nancy Drew. Of course, no one ever tells their parents anything. So, you know, <laughs> why would Jesse tell her parents about the scary notes? But the, the mother of me was like, tell your mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. So you felt like you read it from a more like mature adult perspective. I guess I did. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was trying to figure, and I also, it was so funny because you say that because some of the um, phrases they use, I'm like, ah, oh, sixth grader doesn't talk like that, you know, because I mean, my girls, I remember when my girls were in sixth grade and I just thought some of that language is kind of the narrate the narration was a little bit grown up, but um, I, I thought it was interesting. But then I tried to put myself in like a ten year old's you know shoes reading this book. Sure, I thought this one especially was pretty wild. There was a lot of like excitement going on. Is that right? Um, yeah, they're they're not always this sort of um, like tense or thrilling. I feel like with this kind of a mystery to solve. So yeah, I mean, she had you know, was kind of, I mean. She should have, I mean, in this day and age, they would have called the police. All right. Right. And, you know, I was thinking about this too, because I think, yeah, there is sort of like the young adult rule is you don't tell your parents, right? You have to solve the mystery mm-hmm. on your own. I do feel like at a certain point, Jesse maybe should have said something to Madame Noel, uh, because it was right. becoming sort of like a professionalization issue at that point. Yeah. And she, she slept in herself and, um, but she was, I, you know, she was so, she was so scared of what she was going to think of her if she complained and she thought she was, I know this because I read it last night. It's very fresh in my mind. She really <laughs> felt like Madame was going to just blow her off. Right. And, and I not think, believe, and not believe her. And it's too bad that there wasn't, we talk often about how these books are supposed to be sort of um, have lessons, right, for, for younger readers as they're growing up. It's too bad there wasn't a moment at the end where it was like, well, you probably should have told uh, an authority figure that someone is sending you threatening notes, you know? Um, right. I wonder if there should have been that sort of, like, thing at the end that that resets that that is the right thing to do in this situation. Yeah, and then another thing I was thinking about is, um, of course, I'm really about women supporting women. And then this saboteur that was her fellow, you know, dancer it was a little bit it was very creepy and um I don't know I don't like this woman on woman kind of I don't know not violence per se but it this um this, this real creepiness yeah and it happens it happens fairly frequently in the babysitter's club which is too bad um well, I can like think slowly, like really well this was not only bullying this was taking it beyond bullying I thought you know yeah I almost wonder if I've become um too desensitized to like creepy stalkers and notes in the babysitter's club. Cause I can think of like two other instances where they get creepy anonymous notes 
and they have to like solve solve who's sending it. So um, yeah, I'm just it's sort of like uh, another day at the office for me. But I, I forget that with a fresh set of eyes, this is actually very menacing. Yeah, and, I mean, she thought at one point they were written in blood, but it was just red marker. And I'm like, when I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, the blood! I was like, took a whole nother turn for me. Yeah, and <laughs> what she, kind of fuck is this? And they, she does like set it up for Jesse to hurt herself when they when they do that thing, the dancing. Like that is very serious. And then how could she not tell her dad? And then, you know, I also think it's funny when a sixth grader calls her dad, daddy, that uh-huh. always makes me kind of creep. That creeps me out too. But, um, right. you know, how she could not tell her father at that point when she hurt herself or the ballet instructor, you know, that seemed really far-fetched to me. But again, also suspend, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. What did you think of Jesse overall as a character? I like Jesse. I like Jessie a lot, you know, she's got gumption. She's got this, um, I liked how she would pack, like she would just adapt. She'd pack, you know, an extra set of things in case the other thing got stolen. She got a, a new duffel bag with that so she could lock it up, you know? <laughs> I mean, she was a very creative girl. I liked how she, you know, relied on her friends for support eventually, the Babysitter's Club. Um, again, it did bother me though immensely that she didn't speak up when she was getting threatened and especially when she got hurt. Right. Yeah. I'm a big Jesse fan. I also really like Mallory, Jesse's best yeah. friends. I'm, I know I need to read some more of these books. Are, are they all <laughs> mysteries like this? They are not. They do have a spin-off series, Babysitter's Club Mysteries that are all yeah. mysteries. Um, but like, and they sort of dabble into it. Like the one I just recorded with Alyssa, our good friend, Alyssa Russ, mm-hmm. uh, Alyssa Russ Meraki. Now uh, it was about Claudia was accused of cheating on the test that she did not cheat on. So they sort of had to figure that out. But I know the one that I'm going to be speaking with our other good friend, Hannah Simon about is much more about the Marianne Logan relationship. So they they sort of dabble between uh, a lot of different kinds of uh, genres and stories. Oh, okay. Well, I have to say, I'm a thriller person. (laughs) Thrillers are my favorite kind of books and movies. So this was right up my alley. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to send you some more of the the thriller podcast episodes. Um, What was I going to say next? What did you think about the Babysitter's Club as a, as a, as a model, as, as like a structured organization? I'm so glad you asked me that. I was really impressed with it all. And um, I thought, how cool that they have this night where they all, it was a night, right, where they all get together and they jump for the phone and they wait for the parents to call in. I mean, how brilliant is this idea? Yeah, three times a week they do that. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought, wow, that's such a good idea. This is a practical, this is a mom, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That would have been amazing. So yeah, I really liked it. And um, again, because they don't have cell phones, things like that. I just, I liked that, that throwback. And I understand, I understand that you talked about, there's a series, you know, on Netflix now that they have adapted where they have the social media and all that, but I do want to see how it compares to the books, you know, especially in terms of the structure of the club and how they handle the calls, that type of thing. Yeah. And the club of course famously came about because Christy saw her mom struggling to line up a babysitter for her younger siblings. Did you ever have such a struggle as a mother to find babysitters for your children? No, you know, I have to be honest with you. No, <laughs> I, 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 I was very, very lucky in that I had a full-time nanny and, you know, I'm very, I know how lucky I was and how privileged I was to have that, but I, you know, I didn't ever expect to be in that position in my life. Believe me, I worked my entire life. So it was a real luxury. It was a real, real luxury to have that. 
Yeah. And did you ever do any babysitting yourself? Maybe when you were younger? Yeah, I did some babysitting. Um, not a lot of babysitting, but I have to tell you when I babysat, I remember when I had a neighbor across the street and she had a terribly bratty child. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. I couldn't deal. I was like, I'm never babysitting over there again. And I'm really good with my own kids. I'm very strict with my own kids. And, and people used to ask me all the time, um, why are your girls so good? And I go, I guess they must be scared of me. I don't know. <laughs> they just know not to be bad. You know, they're just really good girls. And when you have twins, I have twins that are now 20, almost 22. When you have twins, you don't have, you know, even though I had all this help, I didn't have a lot of time to, um, you know, they had to work it out for themselves a lot of the times. I couldn't pick them up every time they were crying because I only have two hands. So, you know, it was, um, I don't know, I, I liked the independence of, my girls are very independent and I liked the independent girls, that spirit in this book that permeates the whole club, I think too. They're very independent young women, I thought. Yeah, entrepreneurial, we might say. Very. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, um, let's also, I wanted to get your opinion on this kind of like B plot that runs through the book. Uh, uh, this pet show, which right. I found to just be there for no reason. Uh, and I, I didn't love it. But what did you think? I thought I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> I the big plot sucked. Right? I'm just saying. It yeah. Was, uh, I, I kind of actually skimmed some of it because at the end I was like, oh, this is so boring. And then Becca kind of uh, into it, right? The pet show. Right. With Misty the hamster. The hamster, right. Um, you didn't take yeah. copious notes on everyone's pet and every <laughs> award they won. There's going to be a quiz. <laughs> I, did. And I, wasn't, I wasn't sure what you would expect of me, Jeremy, for this, um, this podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that that plot was not good either. Yeah. yeah, it just the thing that really bothered me about it was it it was very um, lazily introduced mm -hmm. where Christy is just sort of like, um, well, we haven't done anything in a while. Let's have a pet show. And then okay. there's immediately all this headache around the children's feelings and wanting to win. And they're like, oh, this was a terrible idea. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah, and became, right away. It became, it became like this monster creation. It got so, it was so, uh, such a great idea, so popular. Yeah. And as a fundraiser, oh my God, I really understand you have a nugget of an idea. And then, oh, what, what have you, what have I got myself into? That, I mean, so I did relate to it in that respect a lot. I was like, oh, these poor girls, it was a really good idea, but you know, look what's happened to them. Yeah. And I don't even think they made any money out of this. I think this was just for like their client relations, I guess. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. So this was one of Christie's uh, brain, brain children, I guess, much like the Babysitter's Club itself. Uh, did you have any thoughts on Christie or any of the other members of the club? I know we didn't really focus on them in this book. Yeah. Um, well, there wasn't a lot about the other members. I mean, right? I mean, Christy, I liked a lot, obviously, and I liked her leadership. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if I read another book, <laughs> just because I would want to have one that focused on Christy. Are there ones that are focused on Christy? I'm just curious. Yes. Oh, definitely. And Christy's actually been one of my favorite characters to follow through this podcast journey I've been on, because I see a lot of growth in her and she feels very three-dimensional to me yeah I, I can see that I, I I liked her a lot and I was going to ask you about um the notes the handwritten notes at some of the begin beginning of some of the chapters mm -hmm. that are the different characters you know some handwriting yeah is that in every book as well yes that's how they sort of like introduce every chapter or at least the ones that deal with like a babysitting job 
I thought that was very cute and very realistic because I think one of the chapters, you know, one of the girls has the hearts for the dotting the eyes. Stacy, you know, yeah, it's very sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was you know, very clever. You know? Yeah, I don't always love it when they're written in cursive because I hate reading cursive. Um, <laughs> so that's that I don't like, but I like it the idea of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it shows, shows you how how far. I don't know, we've come and we've transgressed. It just depends on which way you look at it, that there's no cursive taught in school anymore. Yeah. Did you learn cursive when you were in school? Um, yes, because I'm old. Yes. <laughs> I, learned no, I learned it in like third grade for a minute and then we never used it again. A minute. See, I had, I went to a Catholic school and we had first and second grade, we were learning our cursive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. My cursive was never good and it's still not good. So <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate cursive myself, but no. You remember uh, Jillian from our class, right? I love Jillian. That's such a fantastic writer. Yes. Yes. I am engaged to her. I don't know if you knew that. What? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that, I think, maybe. Oh, my God. She is the best. I can't even know what to say. Yeah, she's I been on. I remember her so well because at the, at the edit, I remember this. I'm sure you do. But um, Alice Foz picked her essay to read. It was about her under a tree at the, it was in the ring at UCI. Yeah, it was very good. And I had never really read her work. I, I wasn't, you know, privileged to read her work, but I just was blown away. Congratulations. Yes. Well, thank you. I, she's been, on, wonderful. she's been on the podcast a couple of times because she's, because we live together. She's an easy guest to get. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, where was I going with this? Oh, just that she still writes in cursive, like a crazy person. When did you all, did you, were you dating at UCI? No, no, not when you knew us. Oh my god! Sort of like right after we graduated. Well, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been. Why it's aren't been you a... married yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says, Jennifer. <laughs> That's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah, like uh, just that she, like a crazy person, still writes in person is what I wanted to let you know. And it's oh, okay. very annoying for me whenever she writes a note. Like, why can't you, you just write this? Hello. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I definitely wow. will. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, let's circle back just really quickly to this mystery, the dance school phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, like what a title. And what did you think of sort of this process of elimination that Jesse has to go through where we've sort of got like these four suspects and we narrow it down to three to two to one. Then we have this, this entrapment with the calligraphy pen. <laughs> what did you make of the mystery here? I think I figured out who was the culprit in the very beginning. Oh, you were locked in? I'm pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. As a thriller expert, no. Um, yeah. Again, it was, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, I, I mean, obviously I liked the process that she she was, you know, going through it and then trying to chop her with the calligraphy and all that too, which mm-hmm. was like the, uh, the aha, you know, moment, but um, kind of obvious, right, to me, but. I don't know. Did you, did you think it was, what was her name? It was the culprit. I can't, was it so that? I thought, yeah. So she sort of starts out, she's got these four suspects and I have them written down here somewhere. It's going to be Lisa. Right. It could be Katie Beth. It could be Hillary. It could be right. Carrie, old lady Carrie. They're so mean about how old Carrie is. Oh, they're so mean about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought she, what, I was like, isn't that funny though? If you think about it, that's ageism in the babysitters club. Yeah. Know? There's also like a run of making fun of like the Nancy Drew's chubby sidekick, which I didn't love either. Right. And they, and then they also trash somebody else. 
who was that? They're, they have, like, I think it's the first meeting of the Babysitter's Club in this book, if I'm not mistaken, and they trash someone's looks. They can, sometimes that happens. Oh, they're like gossiping about the way. Right. Um, oh, and I did write this down somewhere. A Gen- yeah. Jennifer Cook, another Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Cook is dressed at school like Princess Diana and Mickey Mouse combined. Right. So, you know, of course, you know, people talk about people, I get it. But, I yeah. know, you know. I don't love it. I don't love it when it comes up in the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Um, it's, it's realistic. I'll, I'll say that. It's unfortunate. That, that part is realistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are these four suspects. I thought there was going to be a, a swerve at the end because right away when they're, they're narrowing down the suspects, um, I think Jesse says something like, it's not Lisa. Like I trust, like I like Lisa. It's not Lisa. And she's Me just too. immediately removed from suspicion. I thought, I bet it's going to be Lisa. Me too. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for a swerve too, because I thought, well, it can't be this obvious person, right? right. Can't that possibly be her, but it was her. I was waiting for the, the aha, uh-huh. oh, someone else too. Yeah. And then Carrie, uh, I guess, old lady Carrie is absent one of the days when she gets one of these threatening notes. So that's exactly. how she rules her out. Yeah. And then and she's probably too old and feeble to. She has to, she's bedridden, old lady Carrie. Um, And then uh, Katie Beth, I guess, saves her from like a falling set piece. Right. um, Which is very uh, dramatic. It seems like Jesse was moments from death in that that (laughs) instance. She could have broken her neck when she slipped on the wet, on the water, whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, so we find out through this process of elimination, she lands on the fact that it's Hillary. Um, and she has like this plan to trick her into making a sign. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but Hillary falls for it. Um, and then she's able to see that the handwriting matches and it's the same pen. But there's a moment where then Hillary confesses and she says like the scenery I had nothing to do with. I didn't want you to get hurt that bad. Um, right. That's which, so creepy. Yeah. And like, it reminded like, how did she engineer this slippery floor that Jesse like turned yeah. her ankle on? We never found out, right? No, we didn't. That was so creepy when she said that. Yeah. And then Jesse's like, oh, you know, I mean, I, I was stunned that her reaction was not more, um, she was more upset about it. You right. Know? I mean, right. especially when she felt like that. I'm going to turn this hillary into the cops, but whatever. <laughs> and yeah, she like had to go to the hospital, didn't she? She was like on yes. crutches for a yes. minute. Yes, yes, yes. And That's I mean, pretty- it, was, it was a very interesting, I was going to tell you something, but now I forgot my thing. I was going to say. Um, I don't remember. I'll, I'll think if it comes, yeah, if it comes to you, yeah. just, uh, just yell at me. Um, so, but I, I thought for a babysitter's club book, this was actually like a pretty well-constructed, like, like a deduction process. Um, because I feel like often in the babysitter's club books that deal, and again, I'm just realizing as we're talking, how many of them deal with threatening notes being sent to somebody. <laughs> um, the, the solution is often like, well, I don't know. I guess we'll wait for the person to like screw up and then the person screws up. So I liked that at least they were a little bit more active in this, in this process of not this person, not this person. Let me make a plan to see if it's this person. So they're more passively waiting for the, the aggressor to. So there is a book that I just did recently called Christie's mystery admirer, which is essentially the same plot that Christie is getting threatening notes in the mail. Um, and the way that the book is resolved is that Christy decides to just like forget about it. And then the, the girl who's doing it, and of course it's another girl, uh, the girl who is doing it just sort of like shows up and gives herself away for no reason. Um, so it was, it was, it's like sort of an anti-climax, I feel like. Now, see, when I was reading Nancy Drew, which again, is like, I mean, 46 years ago, I can't even believe I'm saying that, but, um, 
you know, they were very, very, um, oh my God, what the words are like? They were very inventive. They were not passive at all. Mm-hmm. They were real sleuths. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that you, you say that about the other, the other mysteries. And I hope we're moving in that direction. Um, because I see that the Babysitter's Club books, even though they're getting crazier, I think that they're also getting like more inventive with the way that they are like solving these sort of like implausible situations. Well, I wonder if, I know that they had some um, ghostwriters after Anne Martin. So you wonder if, do you know if they changed kind of? Yeah, this one definitely felt ghostwriter-y to me. Really? to me. And I know there's a website that like has them all listed out that I... If I was a better podcaster, I would have available. But I think this was definitely a ghostwriter. You know, I feel like going back to read like the first one, mm-hmm. just comparing it, just to see. Yeah. You know, it's interesting also just because we're both, you know, I don't know, scholarly, uh, at least you are. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I but thank- that it was in the first person all the time. And a couple chapters, it wasn't. It, so it was interesting to me. I'm like, hey, who's narrating right now? Nobody. Right. They used to be a lot more careful with that because I think, and they do this in every book where whoever is obviously like the protagonist of the book, it's in the first person. And then they'll have like a couple random chapters, the B plot, like other babysitting jobs. Yes. And they used to be a lot more careful with like the way that the narrator knows about these events are because they are written down in the club notebook, which is why you have them at the beginning of the chapter. Um, and often like in the earlier books, they'd be like, wow, I can't believe the job that Stacy went on that I read about. Here's what happened. And then you'll read uh-huh. the chapter, but now they just sort of throw it at you and they assume that you're going to roll. It. Yeah. I seem a little sloppy. And I mean, yeah. I don't know if, uh, <clears throat> no offense to 10 year olds that are reading this book, but maybe they wouldn't, you know, be right. savvy, savvy enough to, to get that, that, that shift. But, um, I, I just noticed it and I was like, hmm. what's up here? Yeah. And there was one, I can't remember what book it was in. There's one book that has a scene that like is is um it describes something that is happening between the babysitting children away from the babysitter and it like it broke my brain because i i was like there's no way that anyone would know about this um but i I think that was a sign that i was uh maybe reading too closely these books for 10 year olds (laughs) yeah yeah you're doing a very close read i don't know if the babysitter's club needs a close read (laughs) well that's i wish you told me that before i started this podcast Um, yeah, I mean, I know we're, we're sort of just doing the bird's eye view here of the plot. Anything else that went on in the book that you wanted to chat about or that stood out to you? Um, let's see here. Well, you know, I was a dancer, so I, I did love that. Oh, I didn't know that. that. Uh-huh. Back in the day, again, you're talking, you know, 46 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved that aspect. I was glad you assigned me this book because yep. I, I mean, and I speak a little French, so it was fun to remember all those you know, the pod to do and all these things. So it was fun to read that. I liked her um, stick to itiveness. Is that a word? I think it is. Um, you know, so it, on the one hand, I thought Jesse was so stupid not to tell her mom. Her, did she have a mom? Yes. Because yes. the dad's mostly the parental figure that's present. Like if you're from dance class and everything like that, take her to the hospital. Right. Um, so, but the other part of me was so interested that she was so independent, was going to, you know, figure this out on her own, was not a wimp. I mean, she's definitely not a wimp. She's a tough, she's a tough cookie. Yeah. Um, and, I, well, I was just oh, going to say, oh, go ahead. I know what I was going to say before. Yes. There's such interesting part of this book where um, she mentions there's not, pretty much up front, there's not a lot of black ballerinas, which I thought was so interesting. Because when was this book published? So I believe we're 91 right now. 
Okay, let's see here. Yes, 1991, my book says. And so I thought, wow, that's prescient because, you know, I don't know if you know who Misty Copeland is. I do not. Okay, Misty Copeland is... <clears throat> Misty the her. Hamster? No, <laughs> Misty Copeland, the most famous ballet dancer in the world right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, she is with the um, ABT, and I've had the pleasure to meet her and at a charity event and talk about someone that's really, really tough. But, um, you know, and I remember someone saying to her, at this, we were at this, this benefit, this party after we saw the performance at the Performing Arts Center in Orange County. And she, someone said, oh, do you eat anything? And she's like, in a very harsh way, of course we eat, we're athletes. Mm. There's this like theory that everyone just, you know, sticks their finger down their throat, who's a ballerina. Right, right. But I just thought, gosh, you know, too bad Jesse, <laughs> our little Jesse would not know that's probably the most famous ballerina in the world right now. Misty Copeland is um, a, a black woman. It's fascinating to me. It really jumped out at me. Yeah, the I always sort of like poke fun at these books because I think they try to do a good job with stuff like race and representation, but I think they're very often clearly written by old white authors. Um, so like there was the line I wrote down where um, Jesse says she has skin like cocoa, eyes like coal. Um, and I, I, I like oh. that line. I think it's really like powerful, but I, I it creeps me out a little bit that it was probably a it's white good. person that wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not probably so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Claudia is twice described as exotic looking in this book, which is something we need to get rid of as well. I don't love that. Well, I noticed that as well. And um, again, uh, you have to Google Trixie, Trixie Belgian. Okay. That was a, I think it was a precursor to Nancy Drew around the same time. And there was a girl in the book. And again, I'm reading this at like 10 years old. And you know, you're so, you're so impressionable at that age. Mm-hmm. And her name was Honey. I believe her name was Honey and her hair was like Honey and she was very beautiful. And still, I remember to this day about Honey. Don't, I mean, Trixie was kind of like tomboy, but Honey was very, very beautiful. And you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of the same thing you're talking about. Yeah, all these like evocative writing that sort of like sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm trying to think if there was anything else. We didn't like the pet show. We liked the mystery. I didn't know you used to dance, Jennifer. Did you do ballet? I did ballet. Yeah. That's okay. why I was, it would kind of take me back. Yeah. I never made it to the point. She was like, um, our girl, Jesse here, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love the discipline of it all. You know, I took my girls and they were little to ballet. They ended up being golfers and tennis players in college, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you know, but I love looking at their little pictures that I have of them and their little pink skirts and their tights and their black leotards with their bows, and their headbands, you know, but, uh, yeah, so. Did you find when you were dancing ballet t- it to be this competitive of an atmosphere or did you feel like it was a little bit more collaborative? Very competitive. Okay. Very competitive. There was definitely a hierarchy for sure, for sure. And then I switched to modern dance, which was like a little bit more free and more accepting, definitely. And yeah, ballet was expensive to do. I mean, it was a very expensive thing to do. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was a lot for my parents to do. I know for me. And then the other thing I was going to say is that I'm absolutely obsessed with ballet and I have to, I have to see the Nutcracker every single year. Okay. Plus I'm not happy. <laughs> so I know COVID, there was a lot of bad things during COVID, but one of the worst things was not seeing the Nutcracker. I missed I'm the Nutcracker. Joking. I'm half joking, but I did miss it. So I'm going to go, I go to New York a lot for my research for my book. So I, I'm definitely going to see the Nutcracker. The New York City Ballet is the best Nutcracker, I think, in the whole wide world. So I can't wait to see it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, uh, you have plans to do that this year now. 
Yes. Good. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're going to get the Nutcracker fix. <laughs> and I'm very much a Nutcracker snob. So I've seen it all over the, you know, many, many cities. And I, if there's, I just, it has to be a very true to the original. I don't like any kind of modern crap. I just <laughs> want it to be a good old fashioned Nutcracker. Thank you very much. You know, so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's pretty much Jesse in the dance school phantom. Uh, Jennifer, do you have a couple moments here at the end to play the game with us that we always play with the guests? Yeah, go for it. I have a few minutes. Okay, so uh, here's what we do. Are you familiar, Jennifer, with Sassy Magazine? No. Okay, so Sassy Magazine was a kind of contemporary to the Babysitter's Club. It was a magazine largely aimed at teenage uh, girls. Um, So you can think like a a teen people, uh, 14 magazine, something like that. But they put out this game called the Sassy Experience game that you were supposed to play at sleepovers, I think. So I have a copy of this game. And just at the end of each episode, I ask my guests questions on a random card of the Sassy uh, uh, game. So we're just going to go through this card. Uh, it's just for fun. And we'll see how you do. Okay. Jeremy, you are so inventive and so creative. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a fun way to kick, uh, to end off, to end off the show. Um, so the first, two, yeah, exactly. the first two questions are multiple choice, but there is a right and a wrong answer. Okay. So you got to think carefully about this. All right. Getting nerve. I'm sweating. Okay. Okay. Nervous. Yes. It's very intense. Okay. Question one. Fifi, F-I-F-I, Fifi means a girl that A, looks like a little dog, B, is superficial looking and wears trendy dresses, or C, is a flirt. Oh my God, it's either I, A or B. I don't know what Sassy's source on this is, but they're asking <laughs> is this, this for question. Real? Uh, I want to say B. You want to lock in B? I, I, I want to say A, but I'm going to say B. Okay, that's right. You, you nailed it. Superficial looking and wears trendy dresses. Woohoo! Good job. Okay. okay. Question two If you're under 19 and have chicken pox or the flu, you shouldn't take A, cough medicine. B, aspirin, or C, a bath? What? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of like negatives here. If you're (laughs) under 18 and you have chicken pox or the flu, what shouldn't you take, basically? Cough medicine, aspirin, or a bath? Wait, chicken pox or what was it? Or the flu. The flu. A bath? You want to lock in C? I guess so. No, it's B. Aspirin? Uh, the, yes, the card says there's a direct relationship between this and Ray's syndrome, which affects the oh nervous system. Yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know back in the day that they knew aspirin was going to be bad. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah. Okay. No, no worries. One for two. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty average for guests. So good job there. Okay. Uh, uh, question three. There's no right answer for this one. If a guy you wanted to meet was auditioning for the school play, Jennifer, what would you do? A, buy a ticket to see the play. B, try out for the play yourself, or C, arrange to bump into him after he finished his rehearsal. What would well, your strategy? Obviously, B. You got to try out yourself. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. Okay, uh, we're almost done here. Uh, so the next one is going to be like a Dear Abby situation. So someone has written in to Sassy Magazine for advice, and we're going to see what advice you can give this person. Okay. Okay. Okay, dear Jennifer. My boyfriend is always talking about his ex-girlfriends, and I don't know how to tell him I don't want to hear about her without hurting his feelings. He loves me now and says he won't go back to her. What do I say to him? I happen to have a lot of experience with this, Jeremy. Oh, no. (laughs) 
I'm oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I did okay. I managed okay. Um, <laughs> I think I would say, why do you feel the need? I love you. Is there an insecurity here? Do you need validation? You know, or I would say just fuck off. <laughs> can, you, can you say that on the podcast? That's fine. That's fine. Because you yeah. know, it does make you crazy. Yeah. Sassy Magazine says he's obviously not over her yet. Tell him gently and without anger that it bothers you when he talks about her. You've got to look out for your own feelings. Definitely, girl. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a bad sign. I think you might, have, yeah, get out of there. Yeah. And Jennifer, last question. What's your best natural talent? Don't be embarrassed. Brag about it, Picard says. Is it swearing? No, I'm only kidding. Oh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> My best natural talent. Um, you know, I'm a very creative person. I've been told that a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, a very, very, very a creative person outside of the box, whether it's fundraising. I, I've done a lot of really interesting things like that. Even the thesis, you know, just doing that. I'm really proud of that work. So not creative, like say artistically, but create a creative thinker. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know you that well and I haven't talked to you in a long time, but I would agree with that. I think that that's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Again, I'm a good swearer though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll sign off on that too. Uh, well, uh, Jennifer, this was so much fun. Uh, we're here at the end. Is there anything that you want people to check out? Any place that people can find you? Anything you want to plug for the listeners? Um, sure. I actually started a website. Um, I, you know, I told you I moved to Scottsdale, but I'm in between homes that I had during the pandemic. I started a website called herstoriesrock.com and it was kind of, it was mostly to kind of expose my own work on the Rockefellers and the Museum of Modern Art. But then um, during COVID, I started posting all kinds of, um, you know, links to where people could find stuff about art, you know, virtual exhibits, uh, articles, new artists, my favorite painting of the week, that kind of thing. And I, again, I, I, this kind of validates my creative side I suppose when I said that to you I just kind of said yeah I think to myself I guess I was pretty creative during COVID <laughs> so it became this aggregate site and people really really loved it and appreciated it so it was her stories it's herstoriesrock.com it's woefully out of date I need to get back back to it and then I'm on Instagram Miss Jennifer 19 and uh, look out for my book when it comes out it's about um, Abby Rockefeller and MoMA I think it's going to be called Mother's Museum or something like that yeah. So we'll make sure we link to all that in the show notes here and on the Instagram. You definitely have to keep me posted on that book because I definitely want to check yeah. that out. I will. And please, um, good luck with your um, upcoming nuptials. When is it going to be? Do you know? Uh, August 27th. Oh, I'm so happy for you both. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Thank Many you, happy years. Uh, people can always find us. We are at Babysitters BC, as in book club, on Instagram and Twitter. They can also send us an email, thebabysittersbookclub at gmail.com. But no one ever emails me, Jennifer. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Jennifer. This was so much fun to get to catch up and to talk to you. Um, and thank you to everyone else who joined us here for the podcast. We'll be back again next week.